Do you have questions about life and faith and God that remain unanswered? Do you feel like the Christian cliches are shallow and don't really get to the truth? Is this whole Christian thing rather uncertain for you? And, and does that uncertainty exclude you from true spirituality? My name is Skip Collins, and for the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to explore concepts of life and faith and the Bible and Christianity. We'll challenge our traditional views and ideas, which at times will probably make us a little uncomfortable, but hopefully we'll come out on the other side more connected to our faith, to God, and to what we believe. So let's jump in to deeply spiritual, but rather uncertain. Hello, podcast world, and welcome to episode number two. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast today. There are so many great podcasts out there that you could listen to, and so for you to take time to stop in here today really blows me away. Thank you so much. I think as we get this journey started, it's probably worth saying a few things about uncertainty and doubt, since that's kind of the underlying theme of this whole podcast. I read an article recently about a BBC interview that Reverend Justin Welby had had. He's the Archbishop of the Church of England. In the interview, he said that at times he had questions and doubts about the very existence of God. It was in response to the bombings in Paris that had killed 137 people. His exact quote to the BBC was this. The other day I was praying as I was running, and I ended up saying to God, look, this is all very well, but isn't it about time you did something if you're there? Which is probably not something the Archbishop of Canterbury should say, unquote. There was quite a backlash of media attention. I mean, how can you doubt the very existence of God if you're the head of one of the largest Christian denominations in the world? I mean, doesn't that represent a huge lack of faith? Well, personally, I don't think so. I don't see uncertainty and doubt necessarily as negative things. I don't see it as a lack of faith. Now, that statement might sound a bit jarring to some because I think that many Christians see uncertainty and doubt as negative things. It's like if you doubt, there's a problem with your Christianity. I mean, after all, isn't that what the Bible teaches? Isn't uncertainty and doubt the opposite of faith? Well, what if the opposite of faith isn't doubt? What if the opposite of faith is certainty? Or maybe I could say it this way. I don't think faith is the absence of doubt. I think faith is the absence of certainty. I think it's worth saying that again, just for effect. I don't think faith is the absence of doubt. I think faith is the absence of certainty. I mean, after all, if everything is certain, I don't really need faith. 
It's in the things that are uncertain that I need faith. It's kind of like courage. I only have courage when I'm faced with fear, when I'm scared. Courage isn't the lack of fear. Courage is facing the fear. In the same way, faith is not the absence of certainty. It's the willingness to face the uncertainty. And sometimes it's actually living in that uncertainty. There are a couple of Bible passages that are worth taking a look at when we speak of faith and doubt. The first is Hebrews chapter 11. The book of Hebrews is actually mind-blowing. It stands out in the New Testament for a number of reasons, partly, though, because we don't actually know who wrote it. For years, some scholars thought it was Paul. I mean, certainly whoever wrote it knew a lot about Pauline theology, maybe even hung out with Paul, But most theologians these days would say that there's way too much of this book that deviates from Paul's style, so it most likely isn't Paul. In fact, this is really cool, a lot of theologians feel like it's very likely that it might have been a woman that wrote it. I mean, if we get to heaven and find out that's true, some people are going to be liking for the shock of their lives. be amazing. But that's a side note. In chapter 11, the author sets out to tell us what faith is, to tell us what it means to walk in, to live by faith. When I memorized the beginning of this chapter as a kid, I did so in the King James Version. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Words like substance and evidence can sound pretty certain. For years, I thought that faith is being certain of things. If you read on in verse chapter 6, the author tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So for a long time, that's how I interpreted it. If I have doubts and uncertainty, then I don't have faith, and thus God is not happy with me. But then we can even take this a step further Because if I have faith, then God must come through for me. If I have enough faith, then God must perform. He must do what I ask. He must do what I want. It's a very transactional view of God. If I'm good enough, if I have enough faith, God will bless me. But if I don't have faith, if I have doubts and uncertainty, then God will punish me. God is not happy with me. In fact, he might even be angry with me. The problem is that this interpretation of Hebrews 11 doesn't hold up in real life. And many of you, many of us have experienced it. We have some kind of need. Maybe somebody we love is sick, or maybe we're in some kind of financial need, and we pray, and we pray, and we believe, and we muster up all the faith we possibly can, and we are certain that God is going to answer our prayer, but he doesn't, at least not in the way in which we were certain he would answer our prayer. I know people who have walked away from faith for this very reason. They believed, they had faith, but God let them down. 
For some reason, God was holding back on them. But it's really interesting when you read the rest of chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. The author unpacks these heroes of the Old Testament who lived by faith. Moses, Jacob, Noah, Sarah, Rahab, on and on. The writer honors these people as men and women who lived by faith. But if you go back and you read their stories, they all lived lives of uncertainty. Take Sarah, for example. When she was in her 90s, God told her that she was going to have a baby. How did she respond? She laughed. I mean, laughing when God tells you something doesn't sound like certainty and faith to me, does it? I mean, it's not how we would interpret faith. So where is Sarah's certainty? Or look at Moses when God calls him to lead the people out of Egypt. You can read it in Exodus chapter 3 and 4, but he actually argues with God. He says, nobody is going to believe me. And so then God says, well, tell them that I am sent you. Moses say, yeah, but what if they still don't believe me? Then God asked Moses, he says, what's in your hand? And Moses says, it's a shepherd's staff. God says, throw it down. And when he does, it becomes a snake. And then God says, pick it up by the tail, which he does, and it becomes a staff again. And God tells him that he can do this anytime he wants to, to prove to people that he has spoken with God. It's like God gives him this magic wand and it still isn't good enough. So then Moses says, no, but I stutter so I could never be your spokesman. And God says, okay, take your brother Aaron with you and he can do the talking. I mean, talk about a reluctant leader. I see no certainty in Moses. I only see questions and doubting what God is saying. Or what about Abraham? A couple of times, he had told people that Sarah, who was his wife, actually was his sister because Abraham could not trust that God would take care of them. Also, after, after God had told him that Sarah would have had a baby, it took too long, and so he slept with Hagar, his servant, and got her pregnant because God didn't seem to be coming through with his baby he had promised. I mean, where is the certainty? I could go on and on. The point of all of this is that the people who the authors of Hebrews calls people of faith lived with uncertainty and doubt, and yet they were praised for their great faith. We have to interpret the first verses of Hebrews 11 in light of the rest of the chapter. Faith is not the absence of doubt. Faith is the absence of certainty. There's a really well-known passage in the book of James that speaks of doubt. Let me read it to you. But when you ask for something, you must have faith and not doubt. Anyone who doubts is like an ocean wave tossed around in a storm. If you are that kind of person, you can't make up your mind and you surely can't be trusted. So don't expect the Lord to give you anything at all. Now, it sounds like 
James is saying that if you have doubts, God will not answer your prayer. I've heard this passage spoken of like this. I would suggest that it is not at all what James is speaking about. That interpretation is totally out of context of this passage because of the verse just before it, which says this, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God and it will be given to you. God is generous and won't correct you for asking. The context of this passage about faith and doubt is wisdom. It's about asking God for wisdom. It's not necessarily a comment on prayer in general. If you seek wisdom, then believe that God can give it to you. And I would say, believe that God is giving it to you. The word that's the original Greek word that we translate doubt in most English versions is the word diakrino. It means to separate or to make a distinction or to be at variance with oneself. Diacrino is about those times in your life when you're faced with options and you, and you kind of know what's right, but then you say, well, what if I'm wrong? And then you go back and forth with yourself and you don't really know what's right. That's Diacrino. Here's how I read this. When you face uncertainty, ask God for wisdom and trust that he is giving it to you. Trust that as you seek his guidance in these areas that you are uncertain about, he will be guiding you. I remember a lot of years ago, Sheila and I felt like God was leading us to become missionaries. We didn't know what that meant or where we would end up. We just had something burning inside of us that wouldn't go away. We, we knew it was right. And yet there were others that questioned us. And because they were people we loved and trusted, we began to question ourselves. We were, we were, we were waiting for some like big sign for, from heaven, you know, like, like sky riding or something. And finally, finally we said, look, we know what is right and we must trust that God is leading us. So we took a step which led us to the next step, which led us to the next step, and then the rest, as they say, is history. See, I think that's what James is saying in these verses. When you face uncertainty, ask God for wisdom and then trust that he is giving it to you. Ask God and then back yourself. Now, that might be an oversimplification, but I think that is what the passage is saying. Ask God for wisdom, knowing that he will give it to you, and then back what you feel is the right thing to do. There's another story in the New Testament that I really love when it comes to this discussion about doubt and faith. It's the story of one of the disciples. His name is Thomas. And I think Thomas gets a bad rap in modern Christianity. We often call him Doubting Thomas. It's a negative thing. It's a bad thing. So here's the story. Jesus comes back from the dead. Now, can you blame a guy for questioning that? I mean, you saw him die. You saw them put him in a tomb three days ago. And now you're telling me he just got up and walked out? Yeah, right. I'll believe it when I see it. 
And by the way, whatever you guys are smoking, you need to stop because that just doesn't happen. I mean, can you blame a guy for questioning that? So the story is told that all the disciples have gathered together. It's about a week after the resurrection. They're in a room. They're hiding from the Jewish leaders because they're afraid that they might be the next one hung up on a cross to die. Not a lot of certainty there, right? Suddenly, Jesus shows up. I mean, I love it. He's just there. He just shows up. I mean, that's enough to freak you out. But then his first words are this, peace be with you. Man, I love that. That's actually a whole nother podcast, so we won't get into that now. But, but he puts out his hands to Thomas and says, go ahead and put your fingers in these holes. And he shows him where the spear was stabbed through his side. Jesus doesn't give Thomas a hard time because he had questioned the truth of his resurrection. It's as if Jesus is saying, it's okay. I get it. But now you can move forward knowing that this is true. Last episode, I spoke about deconstruction and reconstruction. Deconstruction is very popular these days, and I think it's a good thing. But you can't just live in deconstruction forever. You need to come to terms with what you actually do believe so that you can move forward. Or maybe I can say it like this. You can't live out faith based on what you don't believe. You have to work toward what you actually believe so that you can move forward. Doubt and uncertainty move us to a place of deconstruction so that we can come to terms with what we really believe. Jesus says to Thomas, it's okay. We can put that to rest now and you can move forward. And Thomas does exactly that. He was deeply involved with spreading the message of Jesus to the world. History tells us that he went as far as India with this message that Jesus had risen from the dead. Faith isn't about being certain. Faith is about facing the uncertainty, not running from it, not hiding from it, not putting your head in the sand, but facing it head on. Mother Teresa wrote late in her life about her own struggle with uncertainty. She wrote this, So many unanswered questions live within me. I'm afraid to uncover them because of the blasphemy. If there be a God, please forgive me. Maybe you have felt like that at times. Maybe you feel like that right now. To walk in faith means that we face our uncertainty, that we are willing to wrestle and to struggle through it. Faith is not living with the absence of doubt. Faith is living in the absence of certainty without giving up, without caving in. I hope for those of you that struggle, like I do, that this will be helpful. Face your uncertainty head on. Deconstruct everything that you have to, but don't give up. Keep moving forward. That is what it means 
to walk in faith. We'll see you next time. Shalom.